Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. This message is not just for those that are getting baptized, but it's for every single one of you that has given their life to the Lord or every single one of you that may be here this morning and, and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. That there would be a new beginning with you. And I've, I've, I've entitled this message, uh, This is Just the Beginning. Let me say, this is just the beginning, especially for some of you that have just recently given your life to the Lord or there's been a rededicating of your life to the Lord. This is just the beginning. And so I want to speak on that today. I want to speak on that today. Philippians 1 verse 6. And today, I could tell you all my own opinions. Who cares? Who cares what I say or what I may think or whatever? It really doesn't matter if it is not on the Word of God. So today, I want you to know that this, past, this message is based on the Word of God. Because my word really doesn't count. And I'll tell you right now, your own ideas and your own thoughts, your, your conclusions, if they're not based on the word of God, you are basing your life on a foundation that is sand. There's nothing solid about it. And you may, hey, you may say, I am so wise. I've got it all figured out. You might say, Pastor, who do you think you are? I could say, well, you know what? I'm a very educated man. I've had, I have two degrees. I've spent 27 of my years in education. I've spent the last 18 years so some parts were combined. I was teaching in the public school board as well as pastoring here full time for 18 years now. But you know what? All the education that I may have, all that may have uh, accomplished is nothing when it comes to the word of God. I just had a birthday last week or this past week in the 58 years that I've been alive, I have counted and stood on the word of God. It has not failed me. So I want to say again to you, for those of you that are just taking this step, and some of you that are being baptized just gave your life to the Lord in the last week. Some of you are just truly starting out. Others, there's a rededication that has taken place. But you are making a public confession of your faith this morning in water baptism. In Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. When the trumpets sound or your call to be with the Lord, that work is finished. But there is a work that started. Because you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, you believed on him as the solution for sin. And you invited him into your life. 
there was a supernatural work that began of new birth spiritually. Spiritually. And the Lord is saying in this passage here, in Philippians 1.6, that the moment you gave your life to the Lord, there was a work that began, and it will continue, of change in you. Say, so I, man, I know that I'm not perfect yet. But in God's eyes, you are perfect in your position before him because your faith is not in yourself. It's not in the church here. It's not in religion. It is in Jesus Christ who died for you, who gave his life for you. That is where your faith is. And all of you are, I've used this illustration. I was walking to a place of destruction. In fact, scriptures say that the, the road that leads to destruction is wide, it is broad, like a, a super highway. Most people are on that highway. Even religious people are on that highway. Religion does not save. Coming to church, hey, I come to church. I come to church, I'm here pretty well seven days a week. That does not save me. It doesn't save me. The highway that leads to destruction is broad. But that gate that leads to eternal life is there in Jesus Christ. There is not many ways. There's only one way to Jesus Christ and to life eternal. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. I didn't make this up. This is what God has planned. And you have decided to... In this last little while, for some of you, just in the last few days, some of you made a decision to say, you know what? I'm repenting, which is a turning. I got to straighten out things in my life. Absolutely get, I need to stop sinning. But that's not enough. The second thing that I need to do is I need to believe in Jesus Christ. The, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ as I head to the cross of Jesus Christ and I place my faith in him. Jesus said, as he began his ministry, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. And we become a part of the kingdom of God. Praise God. Paul says, and I, I listen, I want to say to you, do not look back. Don't look back. Look forward. Move forward. Move forward. Don't look back. Paul says... Not that I have already attained. I haven't arrived yet or am already perfected. I know that I'm not perfect. There's things that still need to change in me. The Lord has begun a good work in me, and so he's changing me. But I press on. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I move forward. I grabbed a hold of Jesus, and Jesus, even as I reached to the Lord Jesus, he grabbed a hold of me, and he's with me, and he wants for us to move forward. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't arrived yet. I haven't attained yet. I haven't got it yet. I'm not quite there yet. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, man, do we have a future ahead of us.
We have an eternity ahead of us. And so I move forward. The things that are going on, it's like, hey, there are so many things that have happened in the last year and a half plus that you would not be shaken by this. You would move forward with all confidence because we know our future in Jesus Christ. We know our eternity. He says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind that we grow in the Lord. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to, to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. In other words, let us keep moving forward. Let us be of the mind. We're going to move forward together. Listen, if some of you are faltering or slipping, slipping we all of us, that so we would look around and just that we would be there to encourage one another. Say, come on, come on, get up. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving towards what is still ahead of us in Christ Jesus. Praise God. All right. So this is just the beginning. The beginning of what? Of life. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Say, I was, hey, I was born. I was born 58 years ago. But I was born of God at, at the age of seven. So I was alive physically 58 years ago, but it was when I was seven, at a very young age, I came alive in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ and I'll tell you I look back with all the decisions that I've made in my entire life I'm talking even marriage our, our children our the career the different choices I've made the most important decision I made was when I was seven by far because it was at that time my mother is sitting right over there led me in a simple prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. My faith is in you, what you did for me on the cross. You died for me, Jesus. Come into my life. I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a pastor. I grew up in a pastor's home. I, I grew up going to church. I knew what it was to be going to church. But something happened that night when I gave my life to Jesus. Jesus, as I received Jesus into my life, I re received new life. I came alive spiritually. I say, thank you, Lord. He made me alive. He's made you alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. The day we sin, the very first time we sin, there's a spiritual death that takes place. Today, there will be those that are older that are getting baptized and there will be those that are younger and very young that are getting baptized because of the you have decided this is an important thing to do it is just the beginning I have life in Jesus I already quoted from first Peter 2 verse 9 and 10 I be, we began the service you are a chosen generation you were chosen by God a royal priesthood there's royalty about you because the God that we serve and the life that we have is in 
the, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That is above all. He is above all. And we have royal. We are royalty. When we are born of God, we have royalty within us. We have authority within us. You have authority. A royal priesthood. A priesthood ministers. Ministers to God. Ministers to others. We minister with authority. A holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people. We were once not a people of God. We were not children of God. There was a specific moment in your life. And I'm not talking religion here. There is a, a moment in your life where you decided that you needed Jesus to save you of your sins. You acknowledge Jesus as being the one that died for you, that took all your sins upon yourself, the consequences that we should have, which is eternity apart from God. He took that consequence upon himself. He was perfect in all his ways. And he died for you and I. His blood was shed for us. And it is only by the shedding of blood that there is remission of sin. There's a cleansing that can take place. Me being a good person is not enough. Me going to church is not enough. I had somebody once ask this years ago as I was doing youth, the youth and pastoring. I had one of the youth say, oh, but Pastor Dave, you got a free ticket to heaven because you're a pastor. <laughs> no. I don't have a free ticket to heaven because I'm a pastor. I have a free ticket to heaven because my faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross and his blood that was shed for me to take care of the things that separate me from God, which is my sin. That's how I have a ticket to heaven. And with that, hang on to that. Hang on to that faith. This morning, if you are here and you are a religious person, as you say, hey, I go to church. I'm going, I'm going to heaven because I go to church. That's not what Scripture says. You make it to heaven because you go to church. What if you have no church? You know, you make it to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Not through church, but through Jesus Christ. You have been made brand new. You have life. You are brand new. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Have some of you felt a newness of life in you? I know I've interacted more extensively with some of you. I know there's been a change in your life. There's been a newness of life about you. Don't let the enemy take anything from you. Say, ah, oh, that was just, I'm not sure what it was, but that wasn't real. No, no, no. You have been made. He says, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And Jesus, yes, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I am looking forward to the changes that God will make in your life as you move forward. This is just the beginning. Not only do you have abundant life here on this side of heaven, regardless of what's going on, regardless of what's happening to you directly, Lord, let the fullness of your life, whether it's in the storm or whether it's in the calm, whether it's in the good times or in the bad times, let what you have for me take place. You will see me through everything. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
not only do we have abundant life on this side of heaven, but we will have eternal life. You know what the amazing thing is? Scripture, I already know what's going to happen for the next 1,007 years. I know what's going to happen. Really? Well, Scripture gives us what will happen the moment Jesus comes back. I'll tell you, if you don't have Jesus as your Savior and Lord, when that trumpet sounds, my goodness. Today, you, you will have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you haven't done so. Or if your faith was in the wrong thing and you thought it was in the right thing, just to make an adjustment to your faith. To make an adjustment to your faith and what it is in. And as you make that adjustment, you will also be able to say, I know exactly what's going to happen for the next 1,007 years. At the end of one of the greatest books of prophecy that has not yet been fulfilled is the very last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. It has not been fulfilled yet. Part of it is. Right now we're in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. We're in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. I'll tell you right now, chapters 4 and 5, it already tells us what's going to be happening in heaven. John already saw it. He went out of time and he went forward and he saw what was going to happen. I, I, I'm telling you, you will want to be there for chapter 4 and 5. Because if you're not in part of chapter 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation, you will be here on earth for the beginning of seven years of tribulation that is beyond anything we could possibly ask I'm, or believe or think. What is coming is, if we think it's bad now, I don't want, I'm not here to scare you. I just want to say, this is just the beginning. You who have decided to follow Jesus, we will have seven years in heaven with the Lord. John, or Revelations 4 and 5 are just a small portion of what will happen during those seven years. And then the thousand years afterwards. You can read it. I think it's in Revelations chapter 20. And then we know what's going to happen after that in chapters 21 and 22, the final two chapters of the book of Revelation, which has not happened yet. I say all of that to say this. You guys have grabbed a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ at the right time. You have grabbed a hold of the Jesus Christ. Andra, thank you for being concerned. Where is my little girl? Where is she at? Thank you for being, I, I want to be concerned. I, listen, parents, if you have children that don't know Jesus Christ, for goodness sake, make sure that they're ready to go when that trumpet sounds. All power and authority are his. Are his. So not only do we have life and life eternal, man, if you read the last few chapters of the book of Revelation, for those that are his, children, believers in Jesus Christ. What an amazing eternity that is ahead of us. I just cannot, just unbelievable, unbelievable. Say, really? Reality. Everything that has been foretold that should have happened already has happened according to the word of God. That which is still to come 
and we read of that in different books of the, uh, in passages of the Bible, what is still to come will happen. 100% of what was supposed to happen has happened, and that which is being foretold to happen will happen 100%. We can count on it. Hang on. He's given us life. Secondly, this is just the beginning when it comes to relationships, new relationships. Jesus, in Revelations 3.20, says, and he's talking to a church here, and he's on the outside of the church. That's why I'm saying church can't save us. Should the church proclaim Jesus Christ and him crucified? Absolutely. As we grab a hold of that, we're saved. This church... A number of churches and chapters, Revelations 2 and 3, were not, there were things that needed to change. I'm not talking about a, a building. I'm talking about people needed to change, to repent. And this church especially, Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with, with me. I will have relationship with him. I will have fellowship with him. I will communicate. We will, we'll, there will be a, a, a growing in relationship that will take place as, I, as I've allowed Jesus into my life. And you've done that. And there's a relationship that will develop. Listen, relationship develops as we are close to somebody, as we communicate with somebody, as we do things together. Relationship develops. In the last few weeks... Uh, there's been a development of relationship with a bunch of guys as we've been gathered together and we've been working together. And so there's a relationship that's developed just in working together. As we interact, the Lord is saying, listen, I want to be a part of your life. And so he desires for, for us as we, he knocks on our heart's door to let him in. And you have, those of you that are being baptized today, you have let him in. And as you have let him in, you were born of God. In John 1 verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Yes, you were born of the, physically, you were born of the will of man and of blood. There's, we're flesh and blood. But this passage is saying, when I receive Jesus Christ by choice into my life and say, Jesus, not, don't save, not, not just saving me of my sin, but Lord, be my Lord. Jesus, be my Lord. I submit to your will. Listen, for those of you that are getting baptized, for every single one here, submit to the will of the Lord. What does that mean? It says the things that he would have us do, do it. The things that he would say, don't do, don't do it. You will not go wrong. And here the Lord is saying, as you let him in, there is relationship. You are born of God. You become a child of God, which makes God not just judge, but you, he makes him father. We have a father in heaven. The moment we receive his son, Jesus, we are born of God. And we have new life in Jesus Christ, which means that we have a Father in heaven. The same Father in heaven. And so we are family. If we have the same Father, we are born of God, and we have the same Father, that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. Family. Praise the Lord. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The Lord sticks closer. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. 
He will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me if the Lord is my helper? If God is for us, who could be against us? Nothing can separate us from his love. So we have a father. We have the son of God who has been given all power and authority, king of kings and Lord of lords. And we have the Holy Spirit that even as we ask Jesus to come in our life, the Holy Spirit comes and he is there to help us, to teach us, to guide us, to lead us, to give us wisdom, to empower us for life. No longer, and no longer are you on your own doing things in your own wisdom and strength. But as you've asked Jesus to come into your life, now the power of God is available to you. You have a Father in heaven. You have an elder brother in Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit that is there to come alongside you. There are changes that will take place in you that be go beyond you. You've done so much in your own strength. And now the power of God is being made available to you to have changes take place like never before. I say thank you, Jesus, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, that there would be good things happening. God made us for special things to happen in our lives and say, hey, this is what I have planned for you from before time began. And we were created. The moment we gave, or gave the Lord Jesus access into our life and we believed on him, we were created in Christ Jesus for certain things to begin to happen. And it says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You say, beforehand when? Before you were born? Before you, even this entire world and the universe was created, God knew that he would create one of the most beautiful things to him was a creation of, of a being that was made in his own image. We are made in the image of God, and the, one of the greatest things about being made in the image of God is free will. To say, I believe in Jesus or I don't. I believe in God or I don't. I will choose to serve him or not. We have free will and you have chosen this morning, I will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that, there is, it's just the beginning. It is just the beginning for what God has specific for, for you, Ethan, and Brenda, and Ashley, and Ron, and Nathan, and Nick, and Rachel, and Jeremy, and little Abigail, and Elizabeth, every single one of you has a unique plan that God has given because you've asked Jesus to come into your life, and it is a brand new, and it, it is for you. And it began the moment you gave Jesus your life. And what I would say, and I said it already, that Jesus would not just be the one that saves you from sin, but that he would be Lord in your life. Lord, not my will, let your will be done. It is good. I, I look back and I just say, man, as flawed and faulted as I am, God, you have been so good, not just to me, but to us, to my wife, Julie and I, to our children, Rochelle and Jacqueline and Alicia, and, there's, and now there's two of them with spouses. I just say, God, you have been so good. You have been so faithful. And I'm saying to each and every one of you, by experience, that God has amazing things ahead of you. And even in the storms of life, Jeremy, God is saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hang on to him. Don't let go. There is a, 
an eternity ahead of you that is just amazing. So, in a nutshell, when it comes to your life, and for all of us here, if you don't remember anything, say, well, Pastor, if there's, what's the most important thing that I can possibly know and remember and keep and hang on and not let go? It is this. I'm going to read what Paul wrote 2,000 years ago to the church in Corinth, to the believers in Corinth. And he started, he didn't start the church. He just began to talk about Jesus. And one after another got saved, just like you did. Nothing has changed. They got saved, and pretty soon there was a group, just like there's a group here, and they, Paul was saying, hey, you know what? Church is the body of Christ. You become a member in the body of Christ, and there's things put into place. Pastors, it's not, a pastor is not something, well, hey, that man is made up. God said, I want for there to be apostles, prophets, pastors, or evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So he put into place, listen, I didn't choose to be a pastor. God chose me so I, you can be fed. And so this is what he said to that church. The most important thing you can know, if you don't remember anything, remember this and believe it and hang on to it. Brethren, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. It wasn't an excellence, just very simple. For I determined not to know anything among you. You would not know anything else except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling that you would know Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is exactly what this is all about. Baptism. Jesus, as he went to the cross, and even as people will enter this, this baptismal tank, it's like Jesus, it says we are crucified with Christ. And even as he was, went to the cross for us, he died. And there was a burying. And there's going to be a burying today. And then it was coming back up to new life. On the third day, he rose again, and new life began. If you don't remember anything else, you don't know, what, what am I, what's the most important thing? The most important thing is that your faith remain in Jesus Christ and him crucified. If Jesus hadn't gone to the cross, you and I would not be sitting here today. We would have no hope. We would exist, and then we would be apart from God for eternity, because there would be no way to come to the Father, because God is holy. Even though he loves so much, he is a holy, righteous, just God, and there has to be something that will take care of our sin, that we would turn from sin, but that we would believe in Jesus because it is only in Jesus Christ as I say, hey, I'm a sinner. I confess I'm a sinner. My faith is in you, Lord Jesus, that we are saved. There is no other way. And so this is a symbol. Today, in a few moments, I'm going to ask Pastor Joel maybe to get ready. 
because uh, he's going to, I'm so excited. This is the first time in many years that I, uh, I've, I've done a lot of baptisms here in this church over the years. I am excited about Pastor Joel baptizing the first two individuals here this morning. So, uh, that you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? Why should your faith be there? For the message of the cross of Jesus Christ and him crucified is foolishness to those that are perishing. If you want to perish, put aside the message of the cross. Don't believe in Jesus Christ and him crucified. You will perish. 100% you will perish. And ultimately, I'm talking about not just having struggle on this side of heaven, but not making it for eternity. That's how extreme this is. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross. I'll hang on to it, because this is just the beginning. I wish there would have been such an emphasis on the message of the cross as I was growing up, because I tried so hard in my own strength to be a good person, and it didn't work. As hard as I tried, I could not. Man, I'd be good for a few days or a few weeks or whatever it might be. And it was just like, oh, man. And then I would slip and fall, and I'd beat myself up for the next two or three weeks, and Satan would be there say, you, you, you call yourself a Christian? Because my faith was in myself. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, and this is what Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, he says, deny yourself, your own effort, your own righteousness. It's not how good you are. We're not good enough. We've all sinned. Deny yourself. Take up the cross daily. Daily, a reminder of who Jesus is and what he did for me on the cross. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And the power of God will be made available to us as we follow Jesus. That will be the only way you can follow Jesus. The just shall live by faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1 verse 16 is the power of God unto salvation, first to the Jew and then to the Greek, the Gentile, to the religious, to the intellectual. That there would be a moving from faith to faith, for the just shall live by faith. Verse 17. From faith to faith. Your faith in Jesus Christ would grow stronger and stronger. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Everything of life flows through that. Keep it simple. So you say, Pastor, what now? Grow in relationship with the Lord. And I mentioned already, relationship is about interaction, communication, spending time together with the Lord. Take time out in your day for the Lord. At the beginning, at the end. Take time for the Lord. Secondly, come, hear the word of God. Read the word of God at home. Hear the word of God. Come to church. You are here this morning. Make it a habit to be in the house of the Lord. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, different points. There's opportunity for you to come and hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. In fact, we have a, I almost want to change the name of this course, Don, our director of New Believers, to like a foundations course. Because sometimes we say New Believers course, and it's like, well, that's something that is for just for New Believers. This is a foundations course. I would encourage all of you, we're going to be starting up hopefully in two Wednesdays, possibly three, we'll get you, let you know. This New Believers course or Foundations 101, whatever you're, so that you will grow. You will grow with, this, with, with, 
where your faith is at and the different things that you can do. You are family. You are, you are my brothers and sisters, all of you. You are my brothers and sisters. We have the same Father in heaven. Secondly, what do I do, can I do now? I'm going to baptize you in water. And the Lord says, yeah, that's what we should do. Be baptized in water and pastors and uh, baptize in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, I want you to come to Jesus to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You say, is the Holy Spirit a part of my life? Absolutely. But I want, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will have rivers of living water flowing from you to bring life to others. It, this last week for me has been so exciting. So exciting. I had an opportunity to be part of four people coming to the Lord just in the last week, last half week. One of the most exciting things for me is to lead someone else to Jesus Christ, to tell, even just to tell them about Jesus, because there's life in Jesus. I'm just so excited about it. And it's not just for pastors, it's for every single one of you to lead others to Jesus Christ. Let it happen. I don't have interaction with the people that you have. You have specific, unique circles and, and connections that I don't have. And the power of the Holy Spirit in your life will allow for rivers of living water to flow from you to bring life to others. So don't just be baptized in water. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You say, well, who baptizes me in the Holy Spirit? It is Jesus Christ. You go to Jesus and say, Jesus, the pastor just baptized me. I want you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. You say, well, is the Father involved in it? Absolutely. It is the promise of the Father to be baptized in the power uh, in the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. Up, and that power will come in and through you and even to bring life to others as you share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. John answered and saying to all, Luke 3.16. This is not John 3.16, Luke 3.16. I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And lastly, tell others about Jesus. You can already tell others. Tell them what's happening in your life. Tell them what's, what's happening. I've given my life to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. What an amazing God we have. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.